We are down to the final two weekends of the regular season in college football. So week 12 is coming up and we'll start with some top 25 games throughout the weekend. Uh, first up, number 21, Arkansas at number two, Alabama. This is at 2.30 p.m. Central on CBS Saturday, SEC game of the week. And the Tide are 20 and a half point favorites in this game. Um, Storyline of this game, Alabama can clinch the SEC West with a win against Arkansas, or they could clinch the following week against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. But I think they will clinch against the Razorbacks this week. Um, the key for Arkansas, the only way Arkansas can slow down Alabama is if they control the line of scrimmage. If Arkansas can maybe run the ball with KJ Jefferson at the quarterback and then their running backs too for Arkansas, then maybe they have a chance. But I see Alabama just dominating pretty much in every facet of this game, offense, defense, special teams. And I think they'll cover the 20 and a half. So give me Alabama to win and cover on Saturday afternoon and clinch the SEC West and most likely move on to the SEC championship to play Georgia in three weeks. Okay, next up, heading out west, we have the number three Oregon Ducks on the road in Salt Lake City to take on number 23 Utah. Utah is a three-point favorite in this game, and it kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Uh, so Oregon, they pretty much have a clear path to the playoff if they win out and uh, win the Pac-12 championship. Pretty easy for them. They have a nice win over Ohio State toward the beginning of the season. Uh, Anthony Brown's playing very solid from the quarterback position. Travis Dye um, is doing pretty well at the running back spot. And Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the likely number one overall draft pick in the draft next year, is coming along really nicely. He had two sacks in their win last week. Um, they're going against Utah, which doesn't really have a strong rush defense. Utah does play tough at home sometimes in the Pac-12, but against Oregon. I think Oregon's just too talented on both sides of the ball. So give me the Ducks to win uh, and win outright and easily cover the three points. All right, the game of the week this week, for sure, and this is going to have a lot of implications across college football, especially the playoff rankings. This game is number seven, Michigan State, going into Columbus to take on the number four Ohio State Buckeyes. This is an early kickoff on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central on ABC. Ohio State is a 19-point favorite in this game. And I think the reason that the spread is that big is because, well, let's just put out this fact. Michigan State has the worst pass defense statistically in college football, 130th out of 130. Um, so, again, Ohio State boasts a – an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver. You have Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, even running back Travion Henderson. He can catch screens out of the backfield from quarterback CJ Stroud. Um, and the Ohio State defense has been improving. So Michigan State has to rely on Kenneth Walker to run the football. If not, it's going to quickly turn into one-dimensional game. And uh, Peyton Thorne, the quarterback for Michigan State, is not the quarterback that CJ Stroud is. Um so in Michigan State, basically, if they don't drain the clock, slow the game down, keep Ohio State's offense off the field, and this is going to be a blowout. Um, I think Ohio State will win, but only by maybe two scores. I'm going to give Michigan State the benefit of the doubt just because they're high ranked, but their past, ease, their past defense being the worst in the nation, that's really a cause for concern. And Mel Tucker really needs to get that fixed in a hurry. Otherwise, uh, Sparty will be out of the playoff running. And staying in the Big Ten, we have number six, Michigan. They are 15-point road favorites against Maryland. 
2.30 p.m. Central kick on Big Ten Network. So Maryland, we know, wants to throw the ball around all over the football field with Talia Tagovailoa. Um, but Maryland has lost five of the of its last six games. <laughs> Excuse me. Five of its last six games, and all those games that they've lost, they've lost by three or more touchdowns. So they're not really keeping up in, in terms of scoring. And with Michigan, they boast David Ojabe, Aiden Hutchison, two prolific pass rushers on the edge of the defensive line. Um, Hassan Haskins is a, a good running back. Uh, Cade McAmara can be clutch when he wants to, uh, the quarterback from Michigan. So I think this is a talent mismatch, even if Michigan's on the road. So give me Michigan to win and cover the 15 points. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Uh, 2.30 p.m. Central is this kickoff from Madison on ABC. Nebraska has lost seven games. Um, they have a good front seven, but Wisconsin's just been getting better and better as the year gone on. They, as the year has gone on, they've started out really slow. Uh, but Graham Mertz, he's made consistent improvements for the past one and a half months. Uh, his backs and wide receivers have been, just been making plays, and of course, Wisconsin best uh, top three. They boast a top three defense in the nation, and they should be able to shut down. Adrian Martinez in Nebraska. So give me Wisconsin to win and cover the nine and a half. Um, next up, staying in the Big Ten, Illinois at number 17, Iowa. Uh, Iowa is now a 13-point favorite. It was 11 and a half earlier in the week, but this is a 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time kickoff on FS1 Saturday. Uh, for Illinois, they will not be with their head coach, Brett Bielema. He is out with COVID. Um, so Illinois is basically, and before they they are pretty much just a one dimensional team in terms of just running the ball. They really have no passing threat or game to speak of. Um, Iowa has gotten better at passing recently, but they do lean on Tyler Goodson, their star running back, to get most of their big plays in. So give me Iowa to win, but I think it'll be a closer game. So they won't cover the thirteen points. And the over under is thirty eight and a half, which is a really low number. So this will be kind of a classic ten slug it out, run the ball defense type of game. Iowa wins, um, the game goes under, and Iowa does not cover the spread. All right. So now Cincinnati, they are at number five right now, according to the committee. 11.5-point favorites they are uh, hosting SMU this Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPN. The over-under for this game is 65. Uh, so SMU, Tanner Mordecai, he has to make plays against Cincinnati. Otherwise... Cincinnati is just going to run away with this. Um, thing about Cincinnati is they have been playing a lot of close games recently. They have not blown anybody out, and the committee has not really rewarded them um, by keeping them outside the top five. Uh, they're just keeping Cincinnati almost honest. They're basically sending them a message going, look, if you want to have a realistic or legitimate shot at getting into the playoff, then you need to have style points and cover every spread that's put in front of you. Now, with this game, Cincinnati can clinch a spot in the AAC championship. Uh, most likely, or they, they will play Houston if they clinch a spot. Um, but Cincinnati just needs to, I think they will win and they will cover the spread. Um, but for their sake, they need to cover the spread. If they want to leapfrog, you know, maybe Oregon or maybe even Ohio State or maybe in Alabama, if Alabama comes in with two losses in a few weeks. So Cincinnati wins and I think they will cover Okay, staying in the AAC, you have Memphis at number 24, Houston. The Cougars are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. 
this kicks off Friday night, tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central on ESPN2. Uh, Over-under for this game is 16.5. This will be a high-scoring game. Both teams can swing the ball around very, very well. But I think Houston, they are the team with the better defense, I think, and they are really good at tackling in space. So Houston wins, but it'll be a very close, I think it comes down to the final possession on who scores last in this barn burner. Okay, moving east to the ACC, we have Georgia Tech. They are traveling to South Bend, Indiana to take on the number eight Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The Fighting Irish are 17-point favorites, with the over-under in this game being 59.5. This is a 1.30 p.m. Central kick on NBC. Um, So this is a mismatch talent-wise. Notre Dame, Kyron Williams is just going to run all over Georgia Tech's defense. Um, and Notre Dame's defense, even though they've been missing Kyle Hamilton and he'll be out for, I think the rest of the regular season, I think their defense is still playing really great as a unit. Um, whoever's starting a quarterback for Georgia tech, whether it's Jeff Sims or Jordan Yates, um, they're going to have a tough time versus Notre Dame's pass rush and Georgia Tech, Javier Gibbs. He could get some big plays on the ground, but then again, like I said, at the beginning Notre Dame is just too, too, too much talent wise for Georgia tech. So give me Notre Dame to win and cover the 17 points. Wake Forest at Clemson. So this is interesting because Wake Forest is ranked 10 and Clemson is unranked. Um, You're used to seeing Clemson ranked in the top five and Wake Forest being unranked, but times have changed for certain. So anyway, this is an 11 a.m. Central kick on ESPN Saturday. Um, And this is a matchup of the number one scoring offense in the ACC, Wake Forest versus Clemson, who is the number one scoring defense scoring defense in the ACC. Um, Here's the thing about Wake Forest. Since 2014 against Clemson, they have only put up 11 points per game offensively. So that really tells you you that Brent Venables and Clemson's defense have really kind of found a formula to handle Wake Forest. We'll see because Sam Hartman's been playing really well for Wake Forest this year. Um, Wake can clinch a spot in the ACC championship with a win in this game. And Clemson will be, without Justin Ross, one of their best wide receivers. Um, I think Wake Forest wins in Death Valley on Saturday. I just, I just think they've been playing better this year than overall than Clemson. DJ Uagalele has not put, put together a season like many people expected him to for Clemson. So give me Wake Forest to win. The Demon Deacons move closer, uh, to the ACC championship with a win. And they, I think they'll get the four points as an underdog. Uh, Virginia is on the road at number 18 Pitt. Um, I think Pitt wins easily and covers the spread. This is a 2.30 p.m. Central kick ESPN2 Saturday. Kenny Pickett's been playing pretty good at Pitt. His draft stock's been rising uh, for for the for Pittsburgh. Uh, and their receivers, credit to Brennan Marion, their wide receiver coach. Uh, they're, they're really just getting open, these receivers, allowing Kenny Pickett to make throws to him. Uh, we'll see for Virginia if quarterback Brendan Armstrong even plays. He's been hurt recently. Um, Virginia needs to blitz Kenny Pickett. Otherwise, he's just going to pick them apart. No pun intended. Um, but Pitt wins and covers this game. Syracuse and North Carolina State. Uh, North Carolina State is number 20. Um, they are 11-point favorites at in this game, which kicks off at 3 p.m. Central on ACC Network. So Syracuse, they got destroyed by Louisville 41 to three last weekend. And I think this will be more of the same NC state's just too talented everywhere. 
Great rushing attack for NC State. Quarterback Devin Leary has been having a great season. And the NC State defense is one of the best in the ACC. So give me NC State all the way in this one to win and cover. Okay, moving to the Big 12. The top-ranked team in the Big 12 is now Oklahoma State. After Oklahoma lost to Baylor last week, um, Oklahoma State is on the road uh, in Lubbock to take on Texas Tech as the number nine-ranked team in the country. Um, this is a 7 p.m. Central kick Saturday night on Fox. Overrunner for this game is 56 and a half. Now, in years past, I would say, I would say usually in this game, you would say, oh, this is a barn burner shootout. But here's the thing Oklahoma State is one of those teams where it has a great defense and it can run the ball really well. So it screams more like SEC than Big 12, per se. Um, Jalen Warren is a great running back, um, and Oklahoma State has the best defense in the Big 12. Um, and with a win in this game, they can clinch a spot in the AC, in the excuse me the Big 12 championship. Um, and I think they will do that. Texas Tech has just not been consistent all year long, so giving the Cowboys to win and Spencer Sanders, Jalen Warren will get the job done, and Mike Gundy. Just got a massive contract extension to stay at Oklahoma State. I think it's like seven years, $90 million, Some I didn't look up the terms exactly, but Gundy's going to be there for a while. I think still, he'll probably, I think he just fits Oklahoma State really well. He has a culture going there, been going there for a long, long time. So Oklahoma State wins, covers in this game, and um, moves closer to getting into the Big 12 championship. Now, speaking of Baylor, they are coming off a great win versus Oklahoma last week. Uh, they are number 11. They are on the road in the Little Apple, Manhattan, to take on Kansas State. This is a pick game from a betting perspective. Um, 4.30 p.m. Central kick on FS1. This is interesting. So Baylor, they could have a hangover game just because they poured a lot of emotions last week at home into the Oklahoma game. Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State runs the ball really well, and Kansas State plays sound defense. Um, so I'm calling... Call me crazy. I am calling an upset with Kansas State winning and beating Baylor and ruining Baylor's chances at getting to the Big 12 championship and even a shot at the playoff. Uh, call me crazy, but that's what I'm going with my gut. Okay, so Oklahoma, um, they are hosting Iowa State early kickoff on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Fox. Um, Oklahoma is going to take out their frustrations on the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, Brees Hall is going to have maybe a chance against Oklahoma, but probably not much of one. Uh, Caleb Williams and Oklahoma's offense, I think, will get back on track. Matt Campbell said some weird stuff in the press conference recently where he said, oh, our goal is not really to win the Big 12 championship. We have, like, in-house goals. I'm like, really? Because you started the season ranked number six or seven. At that rank, you should be eyeing to get into the college football playoff, let alone a Big 12 championship. So very interesting verbiage from Matt Campbell in the press conference. Um, he is one of those head coaches to be rumored to maybe go – and take the LSU job, but after those, I'm like, dude, you you need to like really focus on building up Iowa State because they've fallen off quite a bit from where they they started the season. So anyway, Oklahoma wins big in this game. Four point spreads too little. They'll cover that by easily by probably three or four touchdowns. Um, Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. This is a Saturday Saturday night SEC game, 6:30 p.m. Central on SEC Network. Ole Miss, if they keep winning, they will probably be in a New Year's Six bowl game. Um, Vanderbilt has lost 19 straight SEC games and it'll, it'll be 20 after Saturday night. Ole Miss is a 36 and a half point favorite in this game. Lane Kiffin, 
um, Matt Corral and the Ole Miss offense is just going to destroy Vanderbilt. Um, they'll win. I don't know if they cover the three. They probably will, but this this will not even even be a close game at all. Mark it down for Ole Miss. And kind of the same with BYU on the road at Georgia Southern, Saturday at 3 p.m. Central. BYU is ranked number 14. Tyler Algier is going to have a big game running the ball, and BYU is just way more talented than Georgia Southern. So uh, the Cougars win that easily. Uh, San Diego State, 10.5-point favorites on the road at UNLV. Friday night, 10.30 p.m. Central on CBS Sports Network. Greg Bell will run the ball really well. Um, UNLV has had a better defense the last four weeks, but San Diego State, the Aztecs should take care of business. And finally, UTSA at uh, 10-0. They are ranked number 22 in Conference USA. They are hosting UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham, 2.30 p.m. Central Saturday. Um, Frank Harris, their quarterback's playing very efficiently, and McCormick, their running back, is running very well, so they win and cover versus UAB. Before I get to the NFL picks, I just want to mention some other things, some other news going down. So Virginia Tech, they got rid of Justin Fuente after six seasons as their head football coach. He basically, first couple of years, he had Frank Beamer's players, and then after he got his own players in, they didn't really go anywhere. So Virginia Tech's going to be looking for a new head coach. Um, so in college basketball, you had a couple of incidents with Duke. Paula Bencaro, ben their best player, and could be the number one overall pick in the draft. He got arrested along with Coach K's grandson. Uh, Coach K's grand, grandson um, got charged with DWI, and Paul Bancaro got charged with aiding and abetting, I think. So basically, Bancaro's car was used, but Coach K's grandson, was, who's on the basketball team too with Paulo, was driving. So his license has been suspended for 30 days under North, North Carolina law. And Bancaro, he did play in their game Tuesday night. So it'll be interesting to see how Duke handles that internally, but not a good look for someone who could be a number one overall, overall draft. I'm not saying that this should like totally end the season, but kind of a little bit questioning and judgment for sure. Um, going to baseball, uh, Blue Jays lock up right-handed pitcher Jose Barrios for seven years, $131 million. Um, in the American League, Kevin Cash of the Rays, one AL manager of the year and the national league Gabe Kapler for the giants. Both main managers had the best records in their respective comp in their leagues, but neither of them made a deep playoff run. Um, Noah Syndergaard is going to the angels from the Mets one year, $21 million um, tonight. Uh, just breaking tonight. Shohei Otani is the unanimous American league MVP, which is really no surprise to me because he did stuff that Babe Ruth did almost a hundred years ago, playing, playing the, playing an outfield position and pitching at a uh, very high level. So uh, good for Shohei Otani. Um, he's going to be a force in major league baseball for many years to come. And the angels too, like the talent they have, they had Anthony Radone, who was out all last year. You had, you know, Tawny, you have trout. And of course you have Noah Syndergaard coming to the angels. So the angels, they need to get in the playoffs because they've been a perennial fourth place team in the AL West for years now. And it's about time a team with that talent gets into the playoffs. But who am I to say that they're going to get in the playoffs because the Astros are going nowhere and the A's are still pretty good in the AL West. Um, and Bryce Harper for the National League, he's won his second MVP. He won it back in 2015 with the Nationals. And finally, the Ravens, they have cut Le'Veon Bell. Um, he just didn't get any really meaningful snaps for the Ravens. So he's out and I'll be looking for another job. All right, moving on to NFL picks. 
Well, Thursday Night Football came and went tonight, and boy, it was not a fun game to watch, I'll say. Uh, Patriots ended up winning 25 to nothing. Not a lot of big plays from either side. Most of the damage was really done by the Patriots' defense. The um, Falcons quarterbacks, all three of them, Matt Ryan, Josh Rosen, and Felipe Franks, they ended up throwing at least one interception. I think the Falcons had four or five total turnovers. It was just an ugly game for them offensively. Get shut out at home for the first time in a long time, in like 270 games or something at home. And uh, the Patriots, they are now 7-4, and four, and they are right behind the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. People, people I think, were a bit premature in calling Brady the winner of the, uh, the split between him and Bill Belichick. I think people forget that the Patriots, over the last 20, 25 years, they, they start really slow in September, October, but once November just... November, December hit, they really have figured their things out, their schemes here, and they just play really, really well. So the Patriots, their schedule, I could see them winning still 11, 12, 13 games um, if they keep up this type of production. And Mac Jones is playing extremely well, efficiently as heck. Uh, he did throw a pick tonight, but overall he completed at least 80% of his throws. And Belichick always coaches his defense the Patriots have a, if not one of the best, uh, maybe the best defense in the league right now. Um, so look out for the Patriots. They have not, they are not going away. They are, they are here to stay in the AFC. And anybody who plays them from, from here on out is going to get a really tough test, especially from their defense. All right. So I would have picked the Patriots to win anyway against the Falcons. I just thought they were a better team. So. My prediction ended up being right for that game. So now moving on to Sunday's game, starting with the early matchups on Fox in the noon time slot. Got the Packers, who are 8-2. and two. They are 2.5-point favorites on the road in Minnesota versus the 4-5 and five Vikings. Over-under for this game is 49. Um, the Packers' defense has play, been playing really well of late. The last four games, they've given up 11 points per game, which is the best in the NFL over that span. Um, Aaron Rodgers is back for a second straight game after he missed of the game before last week with COVID and the whole media saga with that. Um, he didn't play extremely well last week when they shut, shut out the Seahawks at home. Um, but I think he'll get back on track versus the Vikings. Um, Dalvin cook needs to run the ball versus the Packers in order for the Vikings to really have a chance because the Packers secondary is pretty good. Their safeties are elite right now. And Jair Alexander will be coming back soon. They don't even have Jair Alexander who's considered by some to be the best corner in, in the game, uh, the Packers. So the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is going to have to put up big numbers with him, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and the rest of the offensive crew. Um, but I see the Packers winning this game and covering the spread. And I think the Packers have pretty much the NFC North locked up. Um, it'd be hard-pressed for the Vikings to catch them, the Bears to catch them, and certainly the Lions because the Lions are 0-8-1, so they're not catching the Packers. So the Packers, I think, have effectively locked up the division, but with this one, they will sure submit the NFC North again this year, which has been a theme the past several years. Uh, so moving on now, the Saints are 5-4. and four. They are on the road at the 4-6 and six Eagles in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is actually one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, Jalen Hurts, I think, is the best quarterback in this game. Uh, he's better than Trevor Simeon, I think, and I think Taysom Hill, even as a quarterback, Taysom Hill is better as a utility 
for the Saints. Um, Jalen Hurts' rushing threat is going to give the Saints, I think, a bit of an issue. They're going to have to play sideline to sideline against Jalen Hurts, um, and that may open up the middle of the field a little bit for him to make throws to Devontae Smith and other receivers for the Eagles. Um, and the Eagles, actually, the last three games are number one in the NFL in points per drive, so they've been putting, they've been putting up some numbers. But I just trust the Saints for Sean Payton. He's one of the best play callers in the game. Um, whoever he, he has as quarterback, most likely Trevor Simeon. I think he's going to come up with some good plays to attack the Eagles defense, which isn't playing out of its mind right now. So the Saints, they will win by maybe a field goal. This is going to be a close game. But I just think Sean Payton's play calling will end up being the difference in this one. Okay, moving on. The Browns, they are 5-5, five and five and they are hosting the 0-8-1 Lions at home in Cleveland. Uh, Browns are 11.5-point favorites in this game. Um, Browns just get back on track in this game after they got destroyed 45-7 to last week versus the Patriots. Um, they will go back to the run game, which they aban- abandoned last week up in New England. Um, and Jared Goff continues to struggle. He is struggling, I think, a bit with injuries, but still the Lions, they are hapless at this point. They are on, they could be the first 0-16-1 team in history. Um, <laughs> not The Lions just keep on losing. That's just the theme of the Lions. Uh, so the Browns win and cover the 11.5 points. Big spread for an NFL game, but the Browns will destroy the Lions. Um Another game in the noon time slot, which is a matchup of pretty mediocre teams: Washington, uh, Carolina, Panthers five and five, Washington football team three and six. This is in in Charlotte, uh, noon kickoff on Fox. Panthers are field goal favorites. Cam Newton's getting most of the first team reps in practice this week. He provided a spark last week against the Cardinals, who of course didn't have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. But again, the Panthers do have an improved defense. Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, of course, is the Washington Washington coach now, and he used to coach the Panthers when Cam Newton was the quarterback and winning an MVP and taking the Super Bowl. But Washington will not have the services of Chase Young anymore. Uh, their star defensive lineman, defensive edge rusher, he is out for the season. And Taylor Heineke, I don't know when the Washington football team is going to find a new quarterback. He's playing inspired football, but he's just not a consistent threat for them to win football games. And the Panthers, I think Christian McCaffrey could have a big game running and and catching the ball. So give me the Panthers to win. Um, I think they're getting a bit moment, gaining a bit of momentum with Cam Newton under center now. So the Panthers win and cover the three points, and they move to six and five. 49ers at Jaguars. Uh, 49ers, they are coming off a nice blowout win over the Rams on Monday Night Football, 31-10, and I think it's going to be more the same on the road in Jacksonville. Um, they are getting healthy, and they're they're going to make a push for the playoffs even in, in the tough NFC West. Uh, so they will win against the Jaguars easily and cover the spread. Colts at Bills. This, now these next uh, four, ga- four games or so I think are the noon – games on CBS. I think one of the better ones is the Colts at the Bills up in Buffalo. Bills are a touchdown favorite in this game. Um, So what the Colts like to do, they like to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. What do the Bills do well? They stop the run. They are the best rush defense in the league. So their goal is to make the Colts one-dimensional and make Carson Wentz pass the Colts out of the game, which I don't think he'll do. 
Colts defense is improving a bit, but I think the Bills are just too talented on both sides of the ball. Now, the Bills, you could say, are a bit one-dimensional on offense because they throw the ball a lot with Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs, uh, Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, the rest of the crew. Um, but Zach Moss and the Bills running backs can get the job done when needed, and the Bills have a more prolific passing attack than the Colts. So the Bills went at home. I don't think they covered the touchdown uh point spread though uh the Colts will keep it close just because they've been the Colts have been playing pretty great the past month and a half in terms of like you know getting their season back together after a very sluggish start uh Bills will win move to seven and three and still keep ahead of the uh Patriots in the AFC East uh Texans and Titans this is not even a game Titans are going to dominate at home they will easily cover the 10 and a half versus the Texans moved to nine and two Ravens, uh, six point favorites on the road in Chicago against the bears who are three and six, um, Ravens. They're coming off a stinker last weekend, uh, on Thursday night football versus the dolphins. Um, Lamar Jackson, he got blitzed a ton over half the snaps. He got blitzed against the dolphins and he, he could not solve the dolphins defense that night. Um, so maybe the Bears employ some of those tactics against the Ravens, or will the Ravens adjust? Um, Justin Fields, he's going to be under a lot of pressure from the Ravens' defensive front, um, but he hasn't been playing better of late. I think the Ravens do figure it out. Lamar Jackson does get back on track, and I think they'll win and cover the, the spread against the Bears. Um, Dolphins at Jets. Uh, Dolphins, their defense is playing really great now the past couple of games versus the Texans and the Ravens. And I think they'll do, have a field day against the Jets. Uh, Mike White's saga with the Jets is done. I don't know if Zach Wilson's coming back yet, but Joe Flacco is scheduled to start for the Jets. Uh, the Dolphins will win easily and cover the three points on the road. So uh, next three games I'll mention are the late afternoon games. Only three of them this week. The one that is at 3.05 on CBS is the Bengals at Raiders. Both teams are 5-4. and four. Both got off to 5-2 and two starts, but they've each lost their last two games. Bengals are a, a point favorite. This is kind of mostly a pick em. This will be a high-scoring game between Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, and the offenses for both teams. Um, the Raiders, they need to pressure Burrow because I think the Bengals have a more talented receiver core with with uh, Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, um, and the tight ends for the Bengals. Uh, their offensive line, the Bengals, they, it's a little bit concerning with the Raiders' pass rush, but the Raiders, I think I think the, there's a bounce, the bounce-back element for them in this game after they get absolutely demolished by the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football this past weekend. So the Raiders, they should win. Um, but barely. I think this will come down to the last possession, whoever has the ball last and whoever can kick a field goal. Ravens win barely, like maybe 24, maybe 24, 21, or like 28 to 27, something like that. The game of the week for sure in the NFL, no doubt, is the uh, Cowboys taking on the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Cowboys 7 and 2, Chiefs 6 and 4, 325 p.m. Central on Fox. A vast majority of the country will see this game on Fox. Um, huge matchup. Uh, could be a Super Bowl preview for all I know. Um, question is, will this be a shootout? Because both offenses are high-flying. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, 
the rest of the Chiefs offense seems to, they seem to have things figured out now. They don't have to go for the home run ball. They can start by running the ball, get the ball to Travis Kelsey, and then the home run ball to Tyreek Hill opens up. Uh, will it happen against the Cowboys? Maybe. Trayvon Diggs, for the Cowboys, he's a ball hawk, but he's not that great at in coverage, per se. He, it, like, there's a benefit with him having seven or eight interceptions, but at the same time, you can you can exploit him a little bit because he overruns routes sometimes and he doesn't read it uh, necessarily the correct time every single play. Um, but the Cowboys, they have a few different ways to win. They can win in a shootout. They can win with grinding and pounding. Um, they can sco- score low and keep and rely on their defense a little bit. Dak Prescott is now an elite quarterback. Uh, Zeke Elliott's a playmaker now in the backfield with Tony Pollard right behind him. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, uh, and the rest of the Cowboys receiver core is pretty good. Dalton Schultz is one of the better tight ends in the league that no one talks about. Um, so what I think in this game, it is going to be a shootout. But I something just tells me that the Chiefs, after that win on Sunday Night Football versus the Raiders, they have it figured out now. And uh, I think they will win versus the Cowboys. Um, this this will be a last possession game, I think. Um, so give me give me the Chiefs, and the score will probably be like thirty eight to thirty four. They'll probably score a touchdown on the last drive. The Chiefs will at home and have Arrowhead rocking. The final late afternoon game on Sunday is the eight and two Cardinals, two and a half point favorites on the road. Versus the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are three and six, three twenty-five on Fox. Uh, if Kyler Murray and De- DeAndre Hopkins come back from injury, the Cardinals should win this game qu- pretty easily. Russell Wilson is still fighting through his injury. That was evident versus the Packers last week, which he got shut out for maybe only the second time in his entire career. Um, he won't get shut out in this game per se. I'm in Seattle, but I think the Cardinals will win if they have their full roster. So give me the Cardinals since I'm going to assume Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are going to play. All right. Sunday Night Football, we have the 5-3-1 Steelers taking on the 5-4 and four Chargers out SoFi in Los Angeles. Chargers are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, 7.20 p.m. kickoff on NBC Central Time. If Ben, if ben Roethlisberger does not play in this game, then the Chargers will win easily. But if he does play, I think the Steelers will win. T.J. Watt, he did sustain an injury injury last weekend uh, in the Steelers game versus the Lions. We'll see if he plays this week. If not, then Justin Herbert has one less pass rusher to worry about. Um, the Steelers' defense, though, I think they're going to keep it close. Um, they're going to have to keep a close eye on Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, the rest of the uh, Chargers receiver core. Um, but the Chargers' rush defense is not that great, so Najee Harris for the Steelers could have a big game on the ground. And that'll help whoever the Steelers quarterback is, whether it's Big Ben, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, um, help them to pass the ball a little bit more effectively. So with that being said, if everything, if all the players play, then I think the Steel, which I think is going to be the case, then the Steelers will get a surprising road win on Sunday Night Football um, and covering the four and a half as an underdog. Now, Monday Night Football, Giants and Buccaneers. Bucks have lost two straight. Um, their defense has not been playing great, and they're missing Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's the key in this game because the Bucks with Antonio Brown are undefeated five and zero, but without him, they are one and three. Hence, they're six and three. So, if he comes back, then the Bucks, I think, will win this game easily. I think they'll still win without him, 
Um, maybe not covering the 11 points, but I think Tom Brady, this is a game where he gets right against the Giants. Although, you know, Giants, they have beaten Tom Brady in a couple important games before. Um, so, yeah, Bucks win, but they won't cover the spread. But Brady does have a nice game throwing. Okay, done with the NFL picks, done with the podcast this week. Thank you guys so much for checking out, listening to it. Tell your friends and family, support the podcast at anchor.fm slash slash Lance Sampson. I do appreciate it. I will talk to you in the next one, which could be a different time next week. Depends on Thanksgiving with family and stuff. So I'll try and get one out next week because we have NFL games, at least three on Thanksgiving and, um, you know, a full slate of college football and uh, NFL games that weekend. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, if I don't talk to you before then, and I will see you in the next one. Take care.